my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, my co-host, and very good friend, he's Mr. Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to all listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, to kick off our Halloween period, phase, few weeks, I don't know what we call it, what are we going to start with? Well, obviously my last few picks have been absolute fucking duffers, to the point where I've stitched myself <laughs> up pretty much, <laughs> and I thought, I've got to do this movie, I know I, I talked about it last week, but this movie, I was petrified as a kid, and it was one of them ones like, you know, I grew up hating The Incredible Hulk, but Jaws was just something, I don't think I'm the only one, I know you, you've got some great stories to talk about today. But it just personified going in any sort of water that wasn't a swimming pool. You were literally looking over your shoulder. And, like, the the iconic VHS cover of the shark, which always looked like it was about fucking 60 foot high. (laughs) Um, It just, it's what, it's got to be one of the most iconic VHS covers ever. And it came out in 1975. So we're going back to 75. It's an absolute classic movie by Steven Spielberg, starring Roy Schneider, and it's Jaws, Dave. I mean, Chris, they do not come much bigger than this at all, do they? No. I mean, this this one held the record. In terms of budget, this broke the mould completely. So before we get into all those facts about the movie and stuff, though, I mean, what what is your personal experience with Jaws? Well, obviously, I wasn't born when it came out. Um, I, you know, I was minus three, shall we say, Dave. But I think it was one of them... I'll run my dad's pants back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to think of. But um, <laughs> um, but it, it, it was one of them movies where, like, me, me, my dad just hated. He was the one. My mum wasn't bothered about movies. She'd watched the odd one, but she'd never... Like, you never go to the video shop with her, maybe once in our whole life. And it was literally, I'll take you across the road and you, you know, you you um, pick what you want sort of thing because the video shop was quite close to us. But my dad was the one who, like I say, introduced me to Lethal Weapon, Beverly Hills Cop, things like that. He hates horror movies, absolutely hates horror movies. And he just, I know it sounds silly, but he just would not entertain Jaws. I think he said, like, we watched you once. No, and it was one of them things where my mum and dad are the one of the most slackest, parents for the detriment sometimes which is a bad thing but they literally like we could just do anything you want to go in school tomorrow no you don't have to go in or anything but my dad had this thing about he had this like most parents do like probably i have you have it's this skewiff fucking moral compass of no you can't watch that i'll give you nightmares so i grew up till i was about 10 11 when i first watched it so he's probably like 86 87 petrified and then when i watched it i still shit myself dave but it wasn't what I expected. And I think from there on, I think I've watched it. I think I've not watched it for about set, maybe eight, 10 years, maybe, but periodically it used to be on quite regular on UK TV. And I've even sad to say, I've watched all of them. I think Jaws Free is the one that's a bit iffy where I think they're in the Caribbean and it's Brody's wife. I think he passes away spoilers. Um, but yeah, the shark gets ridiculous, but I do enjoy the second one. I think more than the first and one of Chris felt specials, but this is a classic that we had to cover Dave. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember too much about the second one, but I have to say, Chris, I mean, it sounds like your parents did a good job there, but mine, 
the fucking see you next Tuesdays. This is one of my very earliest memories. I can't even think right now of, of an earlier memory than this. But I remember cowering behind the fucking sofa and my parents laughing their fucking tits off at me cowering behind the sofa. I think <laughs> it was the bit where, you know, the body kind of uh, falls out of the, the boat. You know, and it, it it's Richard Dreyfuss's character who finds it. I, I think it was that bit. And I was just fucking petrified. Chris, I wasn't just petrified that if I went into the sea, I might get eaten by a shark. If I went into a pool, I had a fear of getting eaten by a shark. If <laughs> I went to bed, I had a fear of getting eaten by a shark. Now, I know that makes no fucking sense, but I was a kid. Chris, this shaped my whole life. And the fact that these fuckers, right, push that through on a PG <laughs> is fucking ridiculous. And I've heard the argument to say, well, it's not that much blood, is it? Look, the opening fucking scene, you see nothing. But does that make it okay for a kid to watch? Of course <laughs> it doesn't. Blood-curdling fucking... Screams from this girl, and you've got you know something going on below the waterline that you can't see. Oh yeah, that's fucking better, isn't it, for kids? You can't fucking see it. No, it's not like kids are scared of the dark or what they can't see or anything. Chris, I'm so agitated and angry about seeing this at a ridiculously early age, and I don't know where my venom is spitting the most. You know, is it my parents for letting me watch it? Is it for the fucking ridiculous rating that it? had of, of PG, but yeah, I have to say, I had a, a real hate-hate relationship with this movie for the longest time, and I think it's only in fairly recent times where I've grown to love it. It still fucking scares me now. <laughs> I, I, it still affects me going into the water, into open water, and I will just say, before we get into uh, you know the movie a bit more, there's one other memory that, that I remember that jumps out that had, you know, this stamp all over it. So I think I was, let me think, I was 19. I was in Gran Canaria with my then girlfriend. And, you know, you, you're pretty much, you're still the in-betweener, aren't you? You're still trying to act the, you know, the tough guy and whatever. And she, she was, like, really enthusiastic to go out on the pedalos. She wanted to go as far as we could on these pedalos. And I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. And and then you not you don't really realise how far out you're getting. And then anyway, she's like, ah, oh, it's probably far enough. And I'm still like, I'm keeping my fear locked deep inside. And then we stop, but that's it then. We're bobbing in the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my inner inner fucking uh, not monologue, but my inner voice is just like <laughs> it's like, like, no, I'm sorry, we've got to go back. That's it, I broke completely. I was like, I need to go back. And Jesus Christ, when I hit that sand and I was fully out of the water because even, you know, the shallowest bit of water, they can still fucking get you, Chris. That's what I was thinking. And so, um, yeah, I probably went fucking white, I'm sure. Like, I was just absolutely shitting it. And I'm sure our stories there are not, you know, we're not on our own. This movie has scarred a whole generation of people around our age. 
Yeah, I agree with that, Dave. I, and I, I had a similar story, not as not as bad, really. As I feel really sorry of you, Dave, because I think mine was Freddy Krueger. My, you know, the whole thing that like going to sleep and and you know one, two, three, and I saw a picture yesterday of the fucking Freddy Krueger going down the street with his arms extended. I never, I oh, Dave, and the third one with the veins in the hospital and all that. Oh my god! But the, the, I had a one with Sam about. 2008, we were in Ibiza, we got a pedlo, and she's on, uh, no, sorry, not a pedlo, sorry, we had a lilo, and we are on this little beach, dead nice, like, sort of like a private beach, we had to get a little boat to it, lovely sandy beach and everything, and we went out, and I love swimming in the sea, so we go out about 60, 70 yards, within the buoyancy things, and it's not that deep, but you know, it's sort of like, I can just about touch the floor, and we're there, and we're just chatting, and she's lay there like she's the queen, and I'm thinking... And the next minute, she just fucking dives off the fucking lilo and just bolts for the fucking, you know, for the shore. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck? And you know I'm a slow runner, so, you know, I'm not exactly fucking, um, what's he called, Michael Phelps. He might have the same name as him, but I'm not a fucking swimmer. (laughs) So I'm panicking, going, what the fuck's going on? And she's gone, Sammy's gone, like, fucking like an absolute (laughs) bullet. So I'm then fucking looking around, thinking, fuck me, there's a shark, there's a shark. It's a fucking jellyfish right next to us, Dave. But but even so, that would have fucking hurt. But I honestly thought it was a shark. And I'm like, oh, fucking marvellous that, yeah. Every man for himself. Just let me, with the lilo, get attacked by fucking Jaws or Flipper or whoever the fuck was going to take me down. And you know, you just, the sheer panic on your face. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I did not see anything. She just... Flipped over and just went and didn't even look back. And then oh, I was geez. like, what the fuck? <laughs> honestly, I thought it was a shark, Dave. I was absolutely shitting my pants, honestly. It was like one of them, when one of them, ta- them tankers drops the oil, you know, and it's like, oh, that's disgusting, Dave. It was literally like that coming out of oh, my fucking pants. I was, it, I was so fucking scared. You, Unbelievable. You just reminded me of another one, actually. So this was, oh, this must have been about 2004, 2005. I think it was in Mexico. Oh, it was in Cuba. It might have been Cuba, actually. Yeah. And there was like a, a little bay. So it's almost like... It was in the sea, but, you know, they, they'd built up this the sand and stuff, so there's a bit of a barrier and everything. And they'd said, like, oh, there's barracudas around and everything. You know, no sharks around here, often. Uh, you know, <laughs> so it felt confident enough to go into the sea and i was probably what 20s late get mid to late 20s by then so i was kind of you know over my childhood fear a bit but you know it's never left me not to this day and I, i think i said last week you know not till tomorrow or the day after i'm sure but um and you know you know you end up meeting friends and stuff on holiday don't you and just chatting away and i remember chatting to this lad and you just treading water in the sea like the next minute all these fucking fish were flying past us like some in the water some were jumping out of the water and then I looked at this bloke I'm like they've fucking seen something (laughs) 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 at just that moment again just remembering back now, I can feel it like the blood just flushing out of your body and just being like, we've got to get out of the water. 
<laughs> just absolutely fucking, you know, swimming as fast as I could and, and then just needing to get out. And you know what the most anxious bit of it is? It's when you, you're on the side and it wasn't like a, a, a sandy thing. It was quite rocky. So you're on the rocks, but you're still in the water. So you're not, you know, yeah, you're not yeah, getting yeah. away, but you're just looking back and you're like, is this fucker going to get my leg or something? You know, oh, fucking hell. Fucking hate the sea, Chris. I'm sure at some point, maybe, you know, if I hit 80 or something, that's it. I'm doing everything. Fucking shoot me up <laughs> with heroin, fill me with crack, you know, whatever. Send me in a shark cage and everything. It's just like, you know, all bets are off then. I've had a good innings. But, um... Up until then, I, I think I'm all right. <laughs> I'm a bit worried about you now, Dave, when you get to 80. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit worrying that, but uh, anyway, shall we get to the trailer, Dave? Let's go. Shark, we've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Shark! Yeah, they're all gonna die. This shark? He's got lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eyes. You're gonna need a bigger boat. In the New England beach town of Amity Island, a young woman goes skinny dipping in the ocean. While treading water, she is attacked and pulled under by an unseen force. The next day, her partial remains are found on shore. The medical examiner concludes that the death was due to a shark attack and leads the police chief Martin Brody to close the beaches. Now Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? Fucking still gets me, Dave. <laughs> still, <laughs> oh, honestly, honestly, it 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 doesn't matter how old this movie is. It doesn't matter, like you know, my love of like the 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 older MCU, not this current piece of trash that we're, we're going through at the moment, but the old MCU, you know, the CGI, that the the effects, everything. But this movie, and and it's not until you watch it now, you realise the sharks hardly in it, but the mm. the. the suspense and the tension of just seeing the fucking shark dave and just you know like pulling the woman down and in that sort of shallow water it's absolutely class and and this new hd remake in the cinemas which you know is fantastic it really is and you can yeah. buy it on prime as we've watched it it's a great great restoration but oh, fuck me dave it's the you know, we talk about Superman, Star Wars. Jaws has got to be up there as one of the most iconic fucking uh, 
theme tunes ever, and it shits you up, doesn't it? How many times has it been parodied in other movies? <laughs> Jaws, you know, the shark attack. Oh, Dave, this this never, ever gets old for me. And it's like you said before we started recording, it's nearly 50 years old, this. Yeah. I just don't think they come bigger than this. I mean, in terms of, you know, money that it's made at the box office, uh, it made $476 million. That was the the biggest up until Star Wars a couple of years later, but you know I I just it for me it's as big as Star Wars now you know obviously it's not created the lore and everything and I, I think the sequels get slightly questionable but as a standalone movie I just think that this is up there this is in the top ten for me greatest movies of all time and the thing is you know obviously when you're watching it as a kid you don't really realize what's going on at the start there that you know the the uh the young girl and the young lad are, are after a bit of slap and tickle like and you know he just he's drunk and passes out so you know, he's done. Uh, luckily for him but this girl chrissy watkins i think she's played by susan backline Oh, Backliney? Backliney, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Fucking what a performance. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I say, fuck the fact that you don't see any blood or anything. The blood-curdling screams that she's putting out there. Honestly, it sends shivers through me right, you know, right now, even just thinking back to it. I just think it's such a great, great opening. And... The fact is, uh, there were so many things wrong with this. I mean, it really did break the mould. You know, before this, they didn't want to release films in the summer because they thought, well, people want to go to the beach and shit. You know, people don't want to be sat in the cinema. That's more of a winter thing. So they'd save all the best movies for the winter. And it was only because this went massively over budget, massively over time. You know, it's supposed to be three and a half million. It ended up costing nine million. And it was supposed to be shot in 55 days. And it ended up taking 159 days. It was only because of those things that it wasn't released in the winter. And it was released in the summer. Now, they did put a lot of money into the marketing and everything. But this created that whole summer blockbuster thing that we've known for our whole lives. And I just think, you know, so many things have gone well for it. And you mentioned about the the theme tune and everything. This was John Williams' big break. This was basically the start of him, you know. And uh, this was the first fantastic soundtrack that you know we know of him obviously later on you know he's done star wars you know raiders of the lost ark and all, all these great great soundtracks superman but this was the first one it's amazing it is amazing dave and i think i think you're right her performance is fantastic i love the fact the guys just lay on the beach chilling and she's fucking like you know going to a death and then I love Roy Snyder in this, I must admit, as yeah. Brody. I think he's brilliant. I think th- th- there's two things, and it, we've saw him. I know uh, for our audio listeners, you're going to sit, you know, you won't have seen it, but the actual, the, the two bits in the trailer that get me is when the fucking camera zooms into him when he's with his missus on the beach. That yeah, is so iconic. Good. It's absolutely amazing. Just sheer suspense and horror because. Minutes before it, you've got that father talking to you, haven't you? And he's looking over his shoulder, isn't he, at the kids mm. playing in the, and they're like jumping up and down and one of them gets him on the shoulder and he thinks it's the shark. And and then 
obviously you've got the faux shark attack, which is the kid in it, and it's like everyone fucking shits themselves. But it's just fantastic the way it starts and that. It really is a brilliant, brilliant film. What a... What I love about it is that the 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 where it's all filmed, the little fishing village and all that, you know, in New England, mm. where it, Amity Island, it feels very claustrophobic, Dave. Mm. It feels like everyone goes to the sea and everyone's just in this little bit. It's so well put together, even now. It's an amazing movie. You know what I was thinking as well? When I was a kid and I was watching it, it's like, there's a shark attack. Why wouldn't you close the beach? I, yeah. I didn't get the role of the mayor. And yet I'm thinking like, well, actually, <laughs> if that was today, you could well see that happening, couldn't you? You know, we've just come out yeah. of a pandemic and people are like, yeah, we shouldn't be in lockdown or whatever. It's like, it's going to kill the economy. And so the fact that, you know, he wants to keep the beach open or else the tourists won't come and all these local businesses, people will be out of jobs and stuff. It becomes a bit more complicated. When you're a kid, it's very, very simple, isn't it? Shark attack get people out of the water but um no i thought i thought that was you know something i hadn't really picked up on before and i think the other thing that that struck me i'd i'd watched this a few years ago probably you know five or so years ago and i remember thinking you know the pacing of it it, it seemed the first half of it, it seemed very very slow Obviously, it's a 70s movie, isn't it? So the pacing's a bit different in 70s movies. But for for whatever reason, when I was watching it this time, I was like, fucking hell, there's so much happening all the time. I mean, you have these quieter moments, you know, when uh, Brody's with his kid and stuff, and you get those quieter family moments. But you get quite a few attacks all the way through, and then it's obviously it, it ramps up a notch, doesn't it? About halfway through, when they actually go out on the boat to find it. But even before that, I, I was surprised that in my memory there, there were there were less attacks in my memory than when I was watching it this time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think as well the way the the way. It's shot and framed. It's all like low level in it initially with the with the, the way the shark is. You just see the water yeah. level, which is what Spielberg wanted. Like when the kid actually gets killed in the uh, in the sea, you know, and they're all swimming and paddling and everything. We've had that fake out, and then he actually does, and it's the blood, the fucking fake blood or whatever. It, you know, obviously it's for the film, it's blood, but it's all around the kids and everything, and they're in sheer panic, aren't they? And the whole town then starts blaming sort of Brody more than anything. Mm. Don't even know it's the mayor, but yeah. And when he takes the slap, Dave, it's brilliant because I've never got the reference and it probably isn't even a reference that point that was ever thought of in a, in a, in a movie. And it's probably a really bad reach for me, but in lethal weapon three, Roger, <laughs> yeah, I know this is a bad one for Jaws, but, but you know, when she, when she slaps him across the face, one of the son, Nick, his son's mates is a gangbanger who Roger shoots because he's firing at him. And he ends up falling through a doorway and he realises it's his family, like it's his best friend, his son's best friend, but he got into like gangs. And at the funeral, they're there and the mum slaps him one, you know, and he's like, get the mm. gun out, you know, get the person who put the gun in my son's hand sort of thing. But he probably was, this is a hell of a reach, Dave. It might as well have referenced Lauren I don't think that's Avedon, related, to be honest. You know, I'm sure there are a million other slaps in, in movies in between then and As and I'm the saying, it, it's sounding even worse as a, thing, me that The story. thing that I thought was, you know, the, the age gap, 
like the kid was about eight or something, but the woman was clearly about 50 or something like that. It just one of those things in movies where you've got to stretch out the age and, and stuff. But, I mean, that scene, I think for a good few minutes, that scene was absolutely brilliant. You've just said about how the camera kind of zooms in on Brody. Because, but building up to that, the tension was really masterful for me because he's looking at all these different things that are going on. He's, he's sort of like almost waiting for something to happen and he's just looking at all these different people and then like you say you've got the old fella just wanting to talk to him and then the mayor's like wanting to talk to him as well but he's he's his concentration he's trying to look for any warning signs at all but when the shark gets the kid and i have to say you know some of the effects you know it's a little bit obvious it's a rubbery shark when the shark takes down that kid it's fucking brilliant and again, Chris, I'll labour the point a little bit. Steven Spielberg, you are a genius, but you're also a C next Tuesday. A fucking <laughs> PG movie should not have a fucking young boy or young child fucking <laughs> eaten by a shark. You know? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. We've talked about it before. I'm sure it was in like The Untouchables where we said it's very odd. Or, or, or not odd, but it's not normal. You don't often see kids killed in films. I don't think we've ever seen one in a fucking PG, Chris. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. Sure. <laughs> and the dog. And yeah, the well, fucking dog as well. Dog, yeah, that's true. That's actually true, that. You, you're right, Dave. The bastards. But no, I think it works for effect, doesn't it? It yeah. absolutely works for effect. And I think the whole idea and the tension and the use of the shark. I mean, obviously, even now, I think they, they, they had it on the back lot, didn't they, at Universal Studios, and they yeah, moved it. Like, yeah. But it's still there, isn't it, the shark? I saw videos of it recently. Oh, it, well, it depends which one. So in Florida, they got rid of it for, I'm sure it's the Transformers ride, but you know, if you walk around, there's still bits of the old Amity um, Island you know, uh, props and stuff. But I, I went on one, and I'm sure it was on the California side. And I tell you what, when the fucking shark, you know, appears out of the water, fucking <laughs> turn white again, you know, even just thinking about it now, it, it was horrendous. But I'm sure if you go on YouTube, you can find, like, you know, old footage of where people have filmed going around on the ride and stuff. Yes, yeah, so I think um, he's in an episode of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as well, Dave, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, nice. Iconic again, and it was all stuff that just, it's just made the franchise what it is. The first two are excellent, obviously, after that. I think there's four in there, um, a bit dodgy, but the, the other two. But but look, there's going to be a Megalodon too, Dave, and I watched the first one, and Jason Statham beats it up. How? I don't know. <laughs> I'll be watching the second one, definitely, because it's nonsense. Yeah, but I mean, it, the problem is now you've got all the CGI, haven't you? And I think I'd sooner take these effects, to be honest, than than the CGI sharks. I, I mean, it, there's loads of good good shark movies, but this is a great shark movie. What do you think, though, Chris, to the introduction of Quint? So when everyone's, you know, we've had a few shark attacks now, it's very clear we need to take down this shark, and you've got these local amateurs, you know, and they, they capture, capture that other shark, don't they? But you get Quint, played by Robert Shaw, yeah. and uh, 
he comes in. What do you reckon to how he comes in there? Well, Dave, if the shark could have jumped through the fucking uh, room they were in because he was scraping his hand down a fucking chalkboard, <laughs> I'd have been quite happy. <laughs> I think he's he's a bit of a chancer, isn't he? Like he, you know, he's this sort of he wants money, doesn't he? Straight away, I'll cash the shark. And he's like he's like a he's like a fucking uh, horrible version of Popeye in some respects. The way his character is, but he knows his stuff. But also, he just. I don't know. When you watch it now, his performance, I mean, the poor guy died three years after this of a heart attack in Ireland, but... um, Did he? Yeah, he's only 51, 1978, so he died, but he was on a... I was only reading it before. He said he was driving his car, fell a bit ill, pulled over with his wife and son, and next minute collapsed and never... He got to a hospital, and that was it, unfortunately, but heart attack, but... Um, but no, I don't know. He, he's, his character's like something out of a 60s like pirate movie. He's almost like he should have a fucking patch or something in a wooden leg. I don't know. <laughs> the parrot on his shoulder. I think for me, he's Ahab, you know, chasing his whale, chasing Moby Dick. And, uh, you know, Chris, so, so Spielberg was the second director. He wasn't originally supposed to be on the project. And the first director was telling the producers, you know, he's saying, uh, you know, the, there's going to be a shot and you're going to see the, the town and everything. And then the whale is going to appear. And they're like, if you don't know what the difference between a fucking whale and a shark, you're not the right <laughs> person for us yeah. so that's how Spielberg got the job but um I tell you what I noticed this time I don't think I've noticed before so he does the old nails down the chalkboard but while everyone's been talking and bickering you know what are you going to do about the shark he's had the time to draw himself a yes. little cartoon shark <laughs> I thought that <laughs> That's noisy as well. Anyway, you know exactly. How does no one notice? Everyone's you know busy, but you got this fucking nutbag, this this like you say, this Ahab or or drunken Popeye, and and he's like fucking doing giving it the old Rolf Harris in the corner. I just wonder how long he was there. But you know what? I, I'm glad you used the word chancer there, Chris, because he says the square root of fuck all about what he's actually going to do. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't actually give any inside knowledge there. He's just like, well, you're going to have to give me more money. Um, you know, I'll give you the head, I'll give you the tail. <laughs> so it, it's like, all right, but you know, what insight are you giving us here? So I, as a kid, I didn't, really didn't like him. I didn't necessarily want to see him go out the way he did, but I thought he he was great. And I think he is a good character. I mean, he is a bastard, isn't he? And and he is just almost driven mad. And I, well, I say he's a bastard. It, it, you can kind of sympathize with him. And he did have a bit of a sad life. I, I was reading up before that, you know, his dad was a was an alcoholic and, like, he was drunk a lot of the time on set and the, his whole Indianapolis speech, you know, about the... in the military and the, or the Navy, rather, and they, they dropped into the water and, you know, they, they ended up getting picked off by sharks and stuff. That's based on a true story. I don't know how many people were taken out by sharks, but that whole monologue is so bloody iconic. But the first time he did it, he was drunk and he made a right fucking hash of it. And what we actually get to see on screen is a one-take wonder. Like, he basically, yeah. he went to Spielberg and just said, look, I messed that up and I have give me one more chance to do it 
and he did it in one take and I'm like fucking hell so it's one of those it is that kind of Hollywood legend was it really one take I don't know but that's what you know the common understanding is so um, yeah just he plays a great great character I think Robert Shaw he does I think you're right Dave he is like a pirate but he 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 needs it. And I think if, look, you know, we know as you get older, the DNA of most movies. And let's be honest, it'd have been a fucking travesty if Richard Dreyfus or Roy Schneider got the fucking chop off the shark. That would have been an absolute <laughs> disgrace. But I think when they're on the boat, like as a kid, I honestly, as I said, I honestly thought that fucking shark was like 30 foot fucking high, you know, when its mouth's open, yeah. it could swallow boats. So yeah, like a Moby Dick type thing. But it's the tension, and when you watch it, and when even when it's coming, the effects of using them boys, you know, them oil drums, sorry, you know, as a way of yeah. where's the shark? You don't even see the shark. You know, it's brilliant use well, of effects. It is, but that was all... They had to do that because the, the fucking shark kept breaking down. So they nicknamed the shark Bruce, which is apparently uh, Spielberg's lawyer or something. So Al Bruce... Kept fucking breaking down, so they're like, well, fuck what we do. We've got, got all the crew here, we've got the actors and stuff. So they've obviously come up with the idea that, oh, well, if we have these uh, boys or, or these barrels, you know, we don't have to get the shark working. It's implied. And you sort of think, what a brilliant fucking... I mean, that's almost Apollo 13 shit, that, isn't it? It's like, yeah. right, shit, what do we do? And that's the solution they came up with. And so, you know, just absolutely brilliant. And again, it must have influenced so many other filmmakers that, you know, in horror, you don't have to see the monster. And actually, when you see it, it it kind of disarms them a little bit. You know, it makes them a little bit less scary. But, you know, I just just think it was brilliant the way they'd done that. Yeah, I I agree, Dave. And I think that's when when you have a horror film, it's that tension in it of seeing the bad guy, the bad girl, whatever, you know, whatever the creature is. It, it, it is the use of, like, the music, the suspense, the the, the shadows, you know, the, the jump here. You know me, I'm an absolute coward. So when it comes to horror movies, I'm the, I've got the cushion and everything. I'm absolute shithouse. But <laughs> with this, even now, Dave, even watching it, and not having seen it for a few years, I know every single bit of this movie. I still yeah. love it. I mean... The bit where, you know, it's, it's one of them ones where Brody's let his guard down. I think it's so iconic. As iconic as the old, you know, camera zooming in on Roy Schneider. And he's there and he's throwing out the chum to the oh, yeah, sea yeah, and everything. Yeah. And he's just chatting away, forgetting. You're sort of forgetting about his surround like you do. He's like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's fucking... Jack just comes out and he's just petrified. And he's like, you're going to need a bigger boat. And it's one of the most iconic, but it's the way for me, he gets up, that camera pans to him and they've obviously gone one, two, you know, three, two, one. We are one, two, three, three, two, one. We need you to look as scared as you possibly can. And he gets up and I think his use of his body and the acting is phenomenal. Like Dave. Yeah. And again, even though I know it's coming, it still shits me off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, he's just, you know, three men on a boat. You're going to, like, especially when you've got characters like Quinn, you're going to, you know, have your little disagreements. So he's throwing out the chum and just fucking grumbling away to himself. The next minute, the fucking shark emerges. <laughs> you're just like, 
rather than there's no scream or anything, but you know inside he is screaming. Now, apparently, Chris, in the test screening or one of the test screenings, he said at first, you're going to need a bigger boat, which was an ad-lib line by him. But apparently, because the audience was screaming, the line was lost. So they had to do this reshoot where they give him a bit of space, you know, and they, they let him actually, you see the shark and everything, you have that scare moment. And then, you know, he's getting up and he's backing in and, and you know, that's when he, he delivers the line because they wanted to make sure that line landed as well. And I agree, such an absolutely fantastic one-liner. Again, got to be one of the top ten one-liners in movies. You know, you, you can say that to, again, anyone our age, you, you know exactly what it means. And I, I've used that one, you know, in work context sometimes as well you know when some <laughs> it becomes apparent you've bitten off something uh, you can't chew and then you just go oh. <laughs> you've bitten off something you can't chew yeah, yeah. not more too, than too you big. can chew <laughs> I was trying to think what's the saying <laughs> My you know, you, you've got, innuendo you've got fucking a massive balls. fucking project and you're like oh shit I'm going to need a bigger boat yeah, um, yeah. so I, no, it's, it's fantastic and I, I agree I I don't think I've seen Scheider in anything else. But he, what a fucking performance. Oh, he's good. He's good. He, he, have you ever seen the one... I'm going to find it now as we're talking. The one where he's the pilot of the the helicopter. Blue no, Thunder no. or something like that. It's, it's, an, it's a good movie. Um, he, he's in... The, oh, God, he's going to do... Is it Blue Thunder? French, oh, right, okay. I know Blue he's Thunder. in French Connection, wasn't he? But I've not seen that yeah. for years and years. don't really remember him in it. But um, no, I'd, I'd quite like to see him in, in more stuff. I, I think, you know, he could have done the old fucking Colonel, couldn't he, in Rambo? Yeah, yeah. Oh, easy. Easy, Dave. Yeah, he's a legend. Uh, when did he pass away? He, he I think he, uh, he died quite young. 2000, oh, 2008. Oh, no, so he's led a good life. Now, 2008, so what was he then? All right. 68, so he would have been 76 when he passed away. Yeah, I, yeah. icon, Dave. Class. I always thought he looked like Roy Castle to me. You know, for her record breakers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a bit of a weird one, I know. But, uh, yeah, you, you're right. He was in French Connection, uh, Marathon Man. But Blue Thunder, was it was around the time that Airwolf was out as well. It was like mm, 83 yeah, or just before yeah. Airwolf. So I remember it. He's more the helicopters that he drives, though. He's more of drives, that he flies. <laughs> He's a bit more of like, um, you know, like the Apache ones they have in the yeah. army, like the, the ones with the dual cannons on and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Great movie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's, it's an old uh, old one. But he was also an amateur boxer, Dave, as well, oh, in well. New Jersey. So, yeah, he's not someone to be trifled oh, with, as they say. Don't mess with him, then. Well, uh, interesting if, you know, him and uh, Robert Shaw would have come to blows. But, I mean, he said about Robert Shaw, he said, you know, he's an absolute gentleman, but put a drink in him and he's a right son of a bitch. <laughs> he said, <laughs> so, you know, he had words, but apparently... Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss absolutely fucking hated each other. And there was a moment where Robert Shaw was fucking drinking. And he said, oh, I wish I could give up the drink. And Richard Dreyfuss just grabbed his drink and fucking threw it in the sea. (laughs) 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 And I love the idea that you've just got these grown men just being petty as fuck and just winding each other up. But it really helps with the on-screen tension as well. You know, they clearly don't... Their characters clearly don't like each other, and the people didn't either. 
No, and it's, it's brilliant that, you know, that, that I think you're right, Dave. I think that when you said that to me before I actually watched it, uh, yesterday you said it to me, and I remember thinking, I'll never notice that. But when you watch it, it's almost like if it was a real shark. I think Robert sort of <laughs> kick him off the fucking boat. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pushing Quint down. So, <laughs> Take that. You know. You, know, you know what's never really sat right with me? And even watching it now, I mean... Richard Dreyfus at this point is like mid twenties, but he looks about forty. <laughs> and when Quint's like, "Ah, oh, you and all your college stuff," you know, he's clearly some of the dialogue there was clearly Spielberg, I think, using Dreyfus as like a proxy for himself because. Spielberg was like a young director, wasn't he? You know, coming into an industry where there's loads of older people not really respecting what he's doing or anything. But yeah, it's just that line about your college things and stuff. It just always always jarred with me a bit, just because he looks about 40. <laughs> he does look that old, doesn't he? It's fucking <laughs> bizarre. It's bizarre, Dave. But, but look, the, the whole dynamic of the three of them on this really small boat... And they've got this relentless fucking killing machine. Now, I watched something the other day. Have you watched this week's Gogglebox? No, no. So, oh, Dave, it's unbelievable. So it's on that, I think it's Planet Earth 2 that's out at the moment, David Attenborough. So David Attenborough. And there's a seal, right, in the Antarctic or wherever he is. And he's on, like, a broken up ice sort of thing but he's on like you know like where they're floating and it's a bit like a you know when they lay on them and it's like a lilo and they just sat mm. like a seal and he went and they've got you know and he just he, he, I, i'm gonna do a terrible impression because we have this um young seal here you know anyway let's not do that again chris but um he, he's there and he's he's lay there all calm and then this fucking killer whale comes right and it it pops its head up to see him obviously you can see the the seal next minute he fucking goes underneath like the ice thing, smacks it, so the seal flies in the air, right? But the seal then gets up and gets on an even bigger one now, this bigger like ice cap thing, mm. and it's massive. It must be about 30 square feet. Oh, no, Dave, he comes back with three of his killer whale mates and fucking <laughs> goes underneath and rams it from underneath mm. all of them and broke the whole thing up. It's unbelievable. You get a chance. It's unbelievable. But he's, it reminded me of this, like the sharks underneath just relentlessly fucking whacking the boat in here and he's fucking laying into it and everything. I just love the tension at the end. I just think he's brilliant. Yeah. No, it's so good, isn't it? And I mean, when the... Uh, when the boat is intact, it's not too bad, is it? But when it starts pounding away, <laughs> you know, the the sides and stuff. But then, like, it, it does look a bit ridiculous. When the shark jumps out and it's sort of weighing down the, the end of the boat and then, you know, it's biting on Quinn, you know, it looks a bit silly. But I think I can still go with it. You know, I, I'd still prefer that than a CGI shark, I think. You yeah. know, that, that is clearly, clearly fake. And I still think it just works really well. And ultimately, I think Quint fucking got what he deserved a little bit, didn't he? Because he smashed the fucking radio. You know, he, he wore out the engine. You know, he broke yeah. the engine, oh, the didn't engine. he? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what made me think of Ahab. That's what made me think, you know, he's just tunnel vision now. So this whole Indianapolis thing had, had scarred him. 
so he's had this vendetta against sharks, you know, and that's that was his breaking point where he, he should have just let it go at that point. But, um, yeah, to go out that way, fucking hell. And, and when it drags him off back into the water, I think that looks really good as well. Yeah, it does, to be fair. I love the way, though, that he gets the shark, Dave. It's fucking brilliant. You know, with the tank and everything. It's just yeah. like... And it pans Smile, to Brody again, doesn't it? I mean, Roy Schneider, his delivery on these close-up stills is just so, so fucking convincing. It's like, yes. And then they paddle back, don't they, to the, uh, you know, him and um, Dreyfus' character. Who I tell you what, the, the way they were paddling back, though, again, I'm putting myself in those characters' shoes, and I'm thinking, all right, that's one fucking shark. Do you know that was the only one? Yeah. Fucking, I'd be paddling a lot fucking quicker than that, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> fucking know. giving it Jesus running across the water, me. <laughs> it's like thinking, it's like the raptors, isn't it? You get one velociraptor, or two or whatever it is in Jurassic Park. Oh, no. When we're having the sequel, we're doubling that fucker up and then yeah. we're expanding it even more, you know. So he, he, I agree with you. There's no way I would I would be paddling for my fucking life, Dave, on there. Because yeah. you, you're so right. Even even if you didn't think there was another shark, your PTSD would still have you looking over your shoulder, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Brilliant. I, and like you say, I mean, they knew very little about sharks. So why would you think there's just one and you just casually, like... Fucking paddling back like it's you've got no care in the world at all. But you know, um, I mean, Brody was supposed to die, but they ended up capturing this footage with an actual shark, but the cage was empty. So they wanted to use the footage, but I think that's where Brody was supposed to die. But they had to kind of make it that, you know, he, he sort of escapes because they wanted to keep that footage with the shark kind of on the cage. And that's one of the bits where obviously the shark looks really real because it was. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Why would you want to kill Brody as well, though? He's like, I think, well, it's, it's based on a novel, isn't it? So the novel was. Um, had a few things that were a bit different. Like Brody had a, an affair with um, it, uh, Rob Schneider's wife. Oh, did he? Uh, sorry. Rob did Schneider. I say Brody. <laughs> Rob Schneider. Is <laughs> <laughs> he in it as well? Rob. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dick. Hooper. I'm on about. Yeah. Hooper had a fucking affair with. Um, uh, with Brody's wife oh, right, in the novel, Miguel. right? So yeah, there are a few little things that were were different. That's fucking. Uh, that, that's interesting because they always say that, don't they? They always say that it, the novels do they do? You know, sometimes the movies don't do them justice. But this has got to be one of the best adaptions, Dave. Oh, everything definitely. works. Everything works. Whatever you think of the sequels, and, and I'm, I've, I've got a bit of a first for the second one. If I'm being honest, Dave, I, I do want to go and watch that one. I'm not touching <laughs> the third one. I think Louis Gossett Jr. is in the third one. If I'm, if I'm correct, oh, really? it's not a good movie, Dave. If it's anything like that fucking Top Gun ripoff that we covered, Iron Eagle, no, that's <laughs> uh, no, not. Sorry, Glenn. Sorry, Glenn. I know he's he's going mad now, but. Um, he hasn't forgiven me the other day, actually, Dave, because he, he he had some lovely um, Funko Pops of the Goonies, and he's, and he's, he's opening, oh, his finishing right, line yeah. was, everyone loves the Goonies, and I went, and went, not everyone, mate, and he went, that's still someone, that's, I think he said something like, that scars me or something. <laughs> I, I think that. he's just offended you've not seen yeah. that one, but uh, yeah, I apologize. it will be corrected at some point, I'm sure. But Chris, should we get into our final review? Let's go. 
So Dave, I picked this movie. I had to pick it. Absolutely iconic movie. I didn't have to worry, is this going to stand up? I know when I did E.T. and we picked E.T. I don't know if it's yourself who picked E.T., but it was not a movie I'd ever seen properly. And I really enjoyed it. And I thought that stands up really well. But there's plenty of movies we've gone back to just a goddamn awful. And the fact that this is from mid-70s, it's not even from the mid-80s, which was our wheelhouse, was interesting. But it's just a brilliant. The music, the tension, the use of, like, the shark. As you say, Bruce was um, always breaking down, so they had to sort of improvise. But I think that makes it better for me. So I can't send it anywhere than but to the top, Dave. He's got to go to Cloud City, an absolutely iconic movie. And I'm so glad... We picked this, but it just just to throw a little Chris Phelps bit of magic on there, Dave. I've got an absolute shocker for my next pick, so don't worry. I've not turned over a new leaf, but I had to review this one because it's just sacrilege that one of us hasn't picked this by now. No, and like you say, the HD version is there on Amazon, but it's in the cinemas as well. So, I mean, definitely go and see it. I was impressed with the HD as well. Obviously, back in the day, you know, you're watching it on the the grainy kind of video or or on terrestrial TV, but it looks amazing now, I have to say. Chris, I I literally, I don't think, unless we pick Star Wars or Superman, I I just don't think they come bigger than this at all. And yeah, I've gone from through my lifetime hate hating it to love hating it and now i just purely love it I, it still scares me but i just think it's amazing and and the pacing issues that i thought it had when i was maybe a little bit younger than now just weren't there i think it it, it perfectly balances like all of the the big events that are going on with the shark and everything with these more kind of character led moments you know sort of Brody and spending his time with his family and stuff so I I don't know if it's a perfect movie but it is the perfect summer blockbuster and like I say it just created that whole thing that we just take for granted now whereas before that you know summer blockbusters weren't a thing so Chris, there's nowhere else that it can go. It's got to go to Cloud City. I mean, I just had a glance over at Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 90% audience score. I mean, that's about as high as anything we've covered before, isn't it? It is, and it deserves it, Dave. Absolute class, class movie. So, Dave, next week, it is your pick this week, my friend, obviously after my pick. So... What have you got up your sleeve? And please don't say some Asian martial arts movie from 1977 or something. Well, no, Chris. So continuing on our Halloween theme, we are going to watch a movie that was very near and dear to my heart when I was younger. I'll tell the story about this next week as to why that is the case. But this is a classic, Chris. This is the first thing I really noticed Jeff Goldblum in, and and he just went on from strength to strength from this. And this is the 1986 movie, The Fly. I think you're making a mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go 
beyond that limit. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I had them analyzed. But they were definitely not human. If you saw how scared and angry and desperate he is... I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person, too, when you saw her socially. No! You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. Oh, no. What's happening to me? Am I dying? I want to know what's going on. What does the disease want? Wants to turn me into something else. Oh, no. A fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. Could be contagious. Uh, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. So, Dave, big thank you to everyone. Um, I can't thank myself for this pick, Dave, for Jaws, but I absolutely love this. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. Uh, please go to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. You want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. We've had no more requests for martial arts or surfing lessons, Dave, unfortunately, this week. Uh, also, if you want to follow us on social media, at VHS Strikes Back. So, our roll call of honour is Mr. Tony Farina. John Hammond, Blake Maths, Jax Herb, Lucky Lulu Green, Kent Gustafson, Dillian Heath, Matt Paul, Alec, Timothy, Susan, Justin, Dan, and Trent. So thank you so much for all your uh, support, guys. We really, really appreciate it. And bring on them dodgy movies. If anyone can beat Spider-Dan, I will be amazed. And it'll probably be Spider-Dan who beats himself, Dave. I'm still going on about <laughs> necromantic. Fuck a doodle do, but there you go. <laughs> Trying to forget about it myself. Yeah, in the world, yeah. <laughs> You know what I find, though, Dave? You know what I find the best thing about Necromantic? Go on. It's a little tip for all you people out there. If you want to last a bit longer in bed. No, no, no. (laughs) Surely there must be some droopage going on there if you start fucking trying that. It's a bit bit of a dangerous game, isn't it? (laughs) I'll just go and get the lead pipe, Sam. Yeah, fucking hell. Just let me get the Crypt Keeper out. Fucking hell. Oh, I should have even gone down that route. Stop fucking bringing it up. I keep pushing that to the back of my mind. <laughs> but Chris, it is your movie. There are so many great quotes in this one. And all I've got to ask you is, how are you going to finish us off today? Well, Dave... There's only one line that I had to throw together, and I'm not furiously looking for quotes as you've done that. And I should have known that this was coming because before I thought, <laughs> he's definitely going to throw me into the fucking abyss, literally with this, with a good quote. <laughs> and I'm still stalling for a quote, Dave, as we speak. <laughs> this is going really well. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I mean, we could do the normal line. You know what I mean? We could do that, but... All I'll say to you, Dave, and it's not even a, a great quote, but I think it just is perfectly. He just simply says, Brody says, smile, you son of a bitch, Dave. But there you go. So I will see you next time. Bye now. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the 
fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Yeah, maybe you can't. 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 Yeah